Hello and welcome to Medieval Podcast, a modern audio drama indie voice acting podcast with me, sir. Oh, with my notes gone. Oh, I've forgotten my iPad. Oh no, I can't remember what I meant to say. Oh no, I was meant to do this in an accent. Oh, I forgot to write which dresses to put in Mediva. Mediva, Mad Diva, Mad, Mad. Oh, I should have marked up my script. Oh well, this episode should help with the wonderful Beth Eyre talking all things getting yourself organised as a voice actor for indie audio fiction. Enjoy! People of the world, I'm very excited to introduce to you probably one of the voices most recognisable in this amazing array and sea of beautiful audio fiction. It's Beth Eyre. Hello, Beth. <laughs> Hello, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to speak to you. You're like a massive inspiration for many, including my good self. And uh, yeah, it's so, so brilliant of you to come on. So thank you for, for sharing your expertise today. Now, as far as um, where folks can find you, what are your favourite voice projects you've been involved in? I know that's tough because I'm sure Ooh. there's a bazillion. But <laughs> Gosh, what you yeah, um, truly enjoyed getting your teeth into. I, I've I've been so lucky because I I feel so enthusiastic about everything I've done, really, and <laughs> probably whatever I'm sort of working on, I'm kind of full of at the time. I suppose all-time favourites um, would Nova Goats, which is yeah. where I oh, it's legendary started out really, and um, I, I love the show enormously. I love my character, and I love everyone who's involved. So definitely wooden overcoats. Mm. Check that out. Yes, do. It's a treat, my goodness. It's actually, I hold it up as one of the bastions of audio fiction in its form as it is now. That's what we should all be aiming for. That beautiful <laughs> scripts, the amazing cast, the gelling, the family nature, and just the way it can move you and make you laugh till you hurt. You know, it's just brilliant. So, yes, I agree. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. I, I, I love the show and um, it's, it's brilliant when we've had so much uh, support. Yes. I suppose other than that, there's so many things I've loved doing. Um, I, I absolutely adored working with wolf 359 um yes. on change of mind and i've recently worked with the company again on unseen unseen um, is a treat as well yeah, yes it's been super. fantastic to record last year in in lockdown so that's lovely mm. yes recently fulfilled an ambition of working with uh, lauren shippen on a show called life with leo uh super. which is written by the wonderful octavia bray and directed by yes. shaney howard that's not out yet but it soon will be brilliant yeah all of those names are just stellar. And if you if you don't know who they are, look them all up and follow them and find their works. Because honestly, each one of those people is astounding at what they yeah, do. There's a huge amount of talent. Yes, <laughs> Terrifying. <exciting. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. And I mean, today, really, the focus is uh, on, on getting us voice actors organised and mm. when I was involved in doing 11th Hour with you we uh, did uh, one of the amazing Richard Brooks's scripts oh, yes. and uh, I just saw how fantastically organised you were with <laughs> you know your your script was beautifully marked up and, and I think um, just things like that got me to thinking well, what other things do we need to do and when I'm teaching the folks on this quirky voices voice acting course, I am hugely an advocate of marking up script, mm. uh, and 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 as much as also it's that you know it's not confining you, it's your springboard to knowing you know the basics of everything that you are in that character, in that scene, in that place at that time, and then you can truly play. So yeah, I really want to just focus on what you do. So with regards to auditions, let's start there. Mm. Um, where do you find your auditions and what kind of preparation do you do before you you do anything um so uh, lots of different places to find auditions really um 
there's quite a fab newsletter from the podcast host, which <laughs> uh, has a lovely, very convenient roundup of auditions at the end. Um, yes. Which is very useful. The Fiction Podcast News Weekly, run by some very lovely, nice, gentle, <laughs> gentle very thorough. <laughs> um, seem to manage to find everything that's going on out there. Um, yes. Other than that, uh, Facebook and Facebook groups, Twitter. I suppose after a while working in audio fiction, following people in audio fiction, you just start to see people posting stuff. Mm. There's also Mandy used to be called um, Casting Call Pro or Voices Pro. Yes. can occasionally get auditions on there, sometimes Spotlight. Mm-hmm. So a whole world of different ways of finding out what's going on, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So what do I do before an audition? Um, I don't know if I am that organised, but I think organisation is key. Um, I suppose one of the first things is just just try and figure out how much time you've got, how much mm. time you've got to do this audition and... How much time does that mean you have to prepare it, to actually record it, yeah. and then to do any sort of editing and, and sending? Yes. I think if if at all possible, it's great to get it in a bit early, um, yeah. if you can. I think as actors, one of the challenges we all face is that we are never in control of when opportunities come up when we're cast and stuff and Mm. when we get auditions and so it can be quite tricky you think you've planned out your week and the truth is you just don't know yes (laughs) um when things that are quite important are going to suddenly turn up so this is true shifting priorities (laughs) this is it right so it's kind of about being adaptable Mm. to um whatever gets thrown at you so with that in mind if there's an opportunity for you to get the audition in a bit early i think that helps because i think Sometimes people look at the early auditions before the deadline, uh-huh. so it can help you getting cast. I think it gives you leeway if something goes wrong. Mm, true. Or if, if your time doesn't pan out um, as much as you can. Yep. And then read the script, mm. have a little bit of a think about the character, see if, if it's an existing project, if you can listen to some of the episodes, mm. get a feel for what the show is like. Yes, good tip. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I must say I, I've I've kind of swung to highly organized ridiculousness in some respects. <laughs> in as much as because I'm balancing so many different hats with, you know, my teaching life as well as mum and uh and trying to produce and, and voice act, I found I've entered now more things into Trello. Um so I have a, a voice card um for just auditions where I put the the key information so I transpose the key things from the audition wherever it might be into its own card so I've got the link to the sides the link to the name of the person it is the deadline written down and basically can also set up a reminder so say if I haven't done it uh, I'll set up uh, a reminder to ping me two days before it's due (laughs) at the very least um Ah. so then I've got that at least as a reminder thinking oh okay yes I must do this one this evening or or whenever I have the time and so today for example there's one called the ghost ship and I'd really like to audition for that so I've just been prepping by thinking about different voices I can play with and um yeah my, my pinger went off a couple of days ago and so yeah I just feel like having that kind of thing done and it doesn't take too long to transpose that information it just means I'm a little bit more prepared for things that sounds fantastic that's like (laughs) the next level of organization so is is Trello like a sort of workflow yeah uh, I mean it is whatever you would like it to be essentially you can create lots of different cards for different things so 
uh, along the row, for example. So I've got uh, the basics things I need to do this week and then the auditions that I'd like to apply for. Then I've got the card where I have auditioned for things <laughs> and just put uh, any key details on that. Uh, and then beyond that, it's sending in, you know, things for the table reads or information about characters I've been cast in and um, I've got sort of lists of that and as well as a card for folks who I've been working with and their emails and basic information and I think just also putting things on those kind of cards like you know any information you know about the person like the name of their kids or or their dogs so you can remember and be you know a friendly nice polite person who remembers people's um, smaller smaller details if you like <laughs> of of, uh, of their lives so yeah I think essentially it just helps me to to organize myself and to know when I sent something and uh, and when I'm meant to do something <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and I can highly recommend folks have a little browse on that there are other things you can use I think Asana is a good project tool and there's a few that uh, that one you have to pay for as well as um, I can't remember if it's voice craft I think is, is the name they've just released a one specific for voiceover folks um, and they have to pay for that and um, trello is free oh, so great. that's the allure for me <laughs> but yeah i mean with regards to to auditions that you have done is there any fun times you've had where you know there's funny or uplifting stories about auditions that <laughs> perhaps went wrong or or you didn't quite work out or went very right that you didn't expect uh, any thoughts on those i guess a, um a warning sort of eternal actor's warning about putting things on your CV that you're not entirely sure about. Okay. This is an audiobook audition, actually. I got out of the blue an audition off Mandy to come in and audition to be on a sort of audiobook roster. Uh And I asked sort of what to expect, and they said, we'll tell you when you get there. So I turned up at the studio. I was quite scared, Mm -hmm. thinking, probably going to have to sight read something, but I don't know what it is. And so they said, we see from your CV that you can do a Suffolk accent. Okay. And I had no idea I was born in Suffolk and I suddenly thought gosh maybe when I left drama school I sort of in a a moment of bizarre confidence put it there but I haven't really thought about it for years and I I thought I'm not even sure I know what a Suffolk accent is (laughs) not ideal um so I asked to go to the bathroom and I'm sort of frantically googling. Yep. Where did you go there? <laughs> Dialect site or YouTube or, or YouTube Suffolk accent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a grand grand tip as well. You know, if you are stuck, that the, there is a wealth of information out there, and I think the the BBC dialect site is one. Although they they tend to have a lot of older dialects in there too, which is is useful for for if you're doing things from different eras. I must say, um, and yeah, I, I mean. As far as uh, winging it is concerned, how did you get on? Did you <laughs> did you get through okay? Um, I mean, I was terrified. Mm. I not everyone works like me, but I'm a person who does like to be quite prepped. But I had no one to blame but myself in this situation. Oh. Um, and I gave it a go, and I've been working with them ever since. Amazing. Admittedly, they've never asked me to do a role with a Suffolk <laughs> accent, so I don't know what to make of the whole experience really, <laughs> except. Do try and make sure that if you've put something on your CV, you have a good understanding of it. So lesson learned. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But I guess it, it could have been worse, and apologies to people of Suffolk, oh, who I'm sure was not an entirely accurate representation. Um, I mean, accents are an amazing thing, and I've got one of the episodes in this season, me and Erica Sanderson are, are taking apart how on earth uh, you attempt and, and try and play and find with accents. So if that's something mm. that interests you, hopefully you can tune into that when it's out. But yeah, I mean, that sounds, you know, astoundingly frightening, and there are probably lots of other people nodding who might well have had other similar experiences um but yeah i mean also on the flip side of things you know say if you've been working hard and I, i've heard of people you know pinging off 40 to 100 auditions and potentially not getting those and i mean we mm. all have to face rejection sometimes right so i mean if um i doubt you've been rejected very much in as much as you're so super amazing <gasps> oh, I have. <laughs> oh, I have. Oh, you have okay so you feel pain i can't believe that for a moment. but yeah i, I mean how, how would you suggest folks deal with that kind of side of things what do you do to make yourself feel happier and better when things aren't going right um i think it's sort of about your whole attitude going into it i remember reading an interview with an actress who said that after an audition she would put the sides in the bin um, right these days i think we maybe don't have paper sides um mm-hmm. but maybe maybe metaphorically put the sides in the bin and just try and write it off because i think it, it's such a numbers game auditions and there can be all sorts of reasons outside your control why you didn't get it. Yes. You might just sound strangely vocally similar to someone who's already in it and absolutely. you could be absolutely nailing it. So it, it's it's great to be able to just mentally write it off. But I think there are always some roles that we just really want and yeah. it can hurt yeah. if we don't get it. And, you know, that that's OK. That's because you're passionate about your job and you really want to work with someone. You really want to do something. And sometimes you're going to feel that. So I think it can help if you if you really feel worked up about it, maybe set a little bit of time aside. Maybe you can be cross about this for 10 minutes or sad about <laughs> it for half an hour and then just try and get on. Tell someone you're annoyed mm-hmm. and then do something nice or get on to the next thing. Um, I used to try and cook something special or something nice after an audition, maybe bake some brownies or have a bath or go for a walk. Just do something that is refreshing to you. Yes, good plan. Yeah. Yeah, or having brownies in the bath. That sounds good. Not during the walk, that wouldn't work. But yeah, I think that's... that's Well, you could plot your revenge, but that's probably (laughs) less healthy. (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant advice. And I think that is the thing, isn't it? Self-care is so important for us voice actors who a lot of the time are quite solitary. Definitely. Yeah, it is about finding things that that give you solace, I agree. (laughs) Um, So let's flip side that onto the the happier side of things. Let's say, you know, you have got the role, you've been cast, it's exciting I, I do jumping up and down still I know I've only been doing this for for five six years which in the grand scheme of things isn't very long but I still get hugely excited about some new roles and uh, what's the first thing that you do when, when you get uh, invited to, to play someone new um what do I do when I get invited to play someone new um it's very exciting it depends depends on the project a bit again if it's if it's an existing show um, that I haven't heard. I think it can be very useful to to listen back to some of that show or all of the show, mm. get an idea of the world you're going to be in. True. Mm. I think reading the script or as much of the script as you can is enormously helpful. Mm. And that can vary a bit. Sometimes people will give you the script to the entire series, even if you're only involved in one episode. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you only get your scenes, um, yeah. possibly because the rest is still being written. So what you have to go on does vary quite a bit that's so true yeah yeah um 
It's like being the detective, isn't it, as to yeah. attitude and how how that fits in with the grand scheme of everything else. I mean, and and when um, when you get that role, is there any specific character work you do yourself? Like, how much deep dive do you go into to the character before any other connection with? anyone else involved in the project yeah I think character work is is very important I think you sort of want to find out how that character sounds and it's all about what makes that process work for you um sometimes Mm -hmm. you might be sort of thinking hugely about their backstory sometimes the creatives might have given you an enormous um backstory with pages to read through and sometimes you might want to sort of come up with that Mm -hmm yourself i think people have different levels of preparedness mm-hmm. um that work for them mm-hmm. i think i know some actors who will sort of hugely think about how the world they're in works how the economics of it work right. um what they would be like as teenagers what they would have been like as kids and but sometimes it can be that a character sort of leaps off the page and i don't know you 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 do it all a lot more instinctively so it's really mm-hmm. about what what works for you i think yeah um and also if if you if you're a bit stuck if you if you feel that it isn't leaping off the page or that you're not quite sure what tools you might use to try and find a way in mm-hmm. um like thinking about backstory like thinking about different things for different people yeah. uh, is the character a particular accent um mm-hmm. There are some great great places online you can go to uh, to polish up some accents. Um, yeah, like Idea, the International Dialect of English Archive. Yes, superb. Um, and or is your character like a particular? I suppose at drama school we talk about love and efforts, a sort, a sort of rhythm of how the character sounds, mm. the pitch, Energies. the speed. Mm. Um, mm. Or I don't know. There's all sorts of things you can take inspiration from. Sometimes I find. I'm sort of thinking of them as an old friend or sometimes something you're watching, not to sort of take the voice, but to sort of feed it in and see if it helps. Like, yeah. if what if the character sounds like Joanna Lumley? What if they sound like Kathy Burke? Have you learned anything from trying that? Yeah, Has it brought anything brilliant. different out if you're stuck? Mm. And I love that, like as a as a kind of an exercise to do things like, you know, I do if I, I haven't driven a lot this year because of various reasons that are obvious. Yes. But, but essentially, if I if I have been in, in the car or even at home doing chores and stuff, I just listen to the radio and try and emulate that voice yes. exactly as it's said. And uh, that's a technique from 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 Meisner, isn't it, that uh, can be played with a lot more. And, and I think things like, yeah, choosing your favourite cartoons or, or things that you've watched lately and just trying to emulate those kind of voices and, and playing with that and how how those different uh, paces and nuances and inflections sit with your vocal tones I think is quite a fascinating way of finding some other characters yeah um, yeah and there's also radio garden have you come across that as a, as a source of fun uh, to have a, a well I, I looked it up from your notes um I don't know radio garden very well but it's fantastic you can go all around the globe. Yes. And um, listen to live radio. Absolutely, is that right? which yeah. is this fantastic thing. It's, um, so many fantastic resources I we have know. now. It's so exciting. This is the thing. So, no, if you're doing an Irish accent or you're doing, you know, a specific American accent, you can just. I I did it the other day. Just honed in on um, just how to look around the specific area and, and find find some talking rather than the singing. And, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just fascinating as well. Just listening to all these different styles across the world. You know, a bit of Israeli radio for a bit, a bit of Moroccan. <laughs> you know, so I think as a resource there, something like that as well, and just 
just having a listen and a play for inspiration is is just there at your fingertips, you know, if you've got internet connection. <laughs> as well as, obviously, you know, the stereotypes of, of things. So, you know, if you're going sort of for a sergeant major look or, a uh, you know, a, a very bustling, busy, nerdy type, you know, there's so many ways into finding character voices and, and where it sits as well. How, how exploratory are you about moving the voice of around your your vocal wares for different resonance do you do you play with that a lot a lot at all especially for like audiobooks and things i do play with vocal resonance i suppose this goes back to drama school you can you can play with how you place your vocal resonance whether you sort of place it in your head or your mm-hmm. chest or perhaps in your nose yes. which um people often do for sort of the archetypal witch characters yes. um and that can really change um, how you're using your voice. Because I do audio books, which often require quite a lot of different character voices, that can be very useful. Mm. I guess my, my only um, caveat would be, I think if you are going for a long time on a with a resonance that isn't natural to you, you just have to be a little bit careful about mm. how your voice fares. Yes, so true, um, so true. If you're working for hours and hours. Um, I recently was doing an audiobook and I made a character a male character Welsh Uh which seemed like such a good idea and then I realized he had pages and pages of dialogue and uh, after a while I was like oh dear um I can keep it up but what is it doing to me um (laughs) right yes yes careful steady as you go Mm -hmm. but yes lots of lubrication yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. Resting when you water. can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing, isn't it? I think that is the thing. It's like challenging yourself, but also being again like practicing self care because your your wares are in your vocal folds flapping gently <laughs> or not, and uh, and looking after all of the the facets that that make these beautiful sounds that come out of your mouth and nose. Uh, <laughs> I think it's so important. Yeah. I think we're all. Um, I think especially this year because we're we're all at home mm. and because audio is something that can keep going, which is so fantastic. But now we're all much more under our own steam, yeah. and it can it can be easy to find that you've sort of booked in fifteen hour days where you're recording in the day and then you're doing a podcast at night. And yes, I think we just have to be very careful of that um, and look after ourselves and put limits on what we can reasonably do. I agree. And I think that's about setting the limits that work for you again, isn't it? Because like we all have different metabolisms and ways of working and and so on and so forth. But yeah, I think if if you feel you need a break, you should have probably taken that break half an hour ago. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean... With regards to communicating sort of your decision making Mm. then, so you've had that work on the the script and so on, Uh, how much work have you done with directors or producers pre a table read or any other connection? Have you you had any sort of back and forth regards to chats or emails or or is it mostly that you just turn up at the table read and and you're ready to go? I think it really um, varies project to project. Mm. I think it sort of depends on what your relationship is with the team and what your relationship is with the project if you've sort of been involved from the beginning um how much you know about sort of what's expected Mm -hmm. but i think if you're uncertain about things it's best to ask sometimes i have a whole list of questions sort of broken up episode by episode Mm -hmm. about what things mean um what they want um sometimes you just i think 
you read the script and you try to understand as much as you can and look up yeah. anything you don't understand. But there are some things that it's just so much easier to have the creator or the director tell yeah. <laughs> tell you what is meant yes. because you're not psychic. Yes. Um, and it can be, I think, really helpful because it it's a way of getting communication going, which will make things smoother as you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Superb. I mean, and and with regards to to that, I mean, I, I've had folks who have had Zoom calls with prep, in preparation for for things where we've just worked out which accent works best. Mm. Um, just because that's great if you can isn't do it? That. And that's the very very exciting because you feel invested in as well. Then right, <laughs> mm. um, and and yeah, to have that time is is very precious. So so yeah, so being prepared for that kind of thing and and having you know as as Beth said, a, a list of questions that really will help you hone and nail that character to be the best it can be is so so key um and i think it's important yeah you mentioned things like you know the intention the objectives the want and as an actor you know in drama school and universities and all the places that you're probably learning acting wherever that might be that is often the case that it's key to know why you're behaving in the way you are so it's perhaps you know not as easy as just turning up and reading a script which frustrates me when people think it is like that <laughs> and uh, yeah yes. I think it's, it's worth the investment and time in making all of those decisions so that your character seems to be more authentic more real or in even if if you know we're doing the, the funniest comedy ever that is still bound by the laws of authenticity at its mm. core so uh, so yeah I think it's worth investing that time um so and and when you get to these wonderful table reads, these these practice sessions, if you like, um, what kind of preparation have you done there? Have you marked up your script? Do you think that's an important facet of your preparation? What other what other things do you do you have done in place by then? Yes, um, table reads. I love a table read. Um, I guess there's there's sort of two kinds of table reads I do. One is when you get to do a whole cast read before you do a show huh. which does not always happen and I love it yeah. um, basically this is an opportunity for everybody to be reading the script together mm. um, sometimes it, the directors and writers might use it as an opportunity to tweak things yeah. and it, it's just so much fun because it gives you a lovely sense of what the end project is going to be like mm. you might not get recording it if you're doing it separately or just doing scenes all out of order yes. and then sometimes there are table reads for a project where you're not necessarily going to be in it or you haven't yet been cast in it. Mm. So the first table read I did for Wooden Overcoats, I didn't know if I was going to end up in it at that stage no or not. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you are well, Wooden such... Overcoats. <laughs> there <laughs> uh, was sort of this, this rumour that it had been written for me, but in a way that makes it worse because you think, oh, if I, if I don't do what they expect me to oh, do. pressure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, exactly. So there were two scripts for that episode one and four. And yes, I'd marked up the script. I thought about the character. I thought about the voice. Mm. Uh, I'd read the script as much as I could. And I kind of practiced it aloud a lot. I I'm definitely a person who likes to be prepared. It makes me feel much more confident and free. Yeah. I do think some people are not like that and are very good at bringing a script to life spontaneously or... Sure. Or they um, enjoy not, not knowing what's going to happen. And yes, I've seen it done. I've seen it done. Some people are brilliant at that. But some people, I don't know, I think sometimes 
for the most part, it's your sort of responsibility to know what's going on. Um, I think that's a respect to the script, isn't it? And the time and effort yeah. that's gone on to craft it. And so spending time with it to to then hopefully add your layer of hopefully good stuff <laughs> uh, to the top of it, you know, is uh, is important, really. Yeah, Brilliant. absolutely. Mm. I think sometimes you get these scripts and then it can be a while before you get to the table read. So sort of re-familiarising yourself yeah. so that you don't go in there and sort of end up asking oh, what's happening here? I've completely forgotten because it's sort of your job um, to be on top of it. Um, so yeah, I mark up my script. I also mark up things like stage directions. Mm-hmm. I think that just helps visually for me, yes. particularly um, maybe in a different colour because often they're stage directions where they're requiring you to do something like um, mumble or scream or growl or something. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of my wooden overcoat scripts have just massive go faster arrows on them, <laughs> which is sort of about pace. I guess yeah. I've kind of developed a shorthand for myself yeah. about how I mark up things. So there'll be squiggles that don't make much sense, but they make sense to me, yes. yeah. which I find quite helpful. Sometimes it can be about where to take a breath, which can be mm. really useful mm. if you've sort of worked out if you have a long chunk where that needs to be. Definitely. I mean, I think I, 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 I do the same now. And also um, when I was doing musicals as well a few years ago, I just started to use the shorthand of, of the melody of, of where I was meant to be going with that. And I've actually transposed that to my voice acting now, whereas if yeah, there's a specific absolutely. thing that, you know, I, I need to go, go, uh, hello, hello, how are you? I would write that in, in a kind of line drawing <laughs> of where the voice is going. Um, just so then yeah, that too, quick absolutely. visual thing that I can link to. Oh yes, that's that bit. And also, you know, I'd write in the mm, yes at the beginning of sentences or the gasps or the the extraneous sounds. And this is what I'm I'm trying to talk to my uh, students about at the moment. It's just I think the best voice actors automatically add the extraneous sounds, not just to top and tail a sentence, but throughout sentences sometimes, and just bring the piece alive with, as I say, the word authentic again, but more authenticity in their reaction mm. sounds, in their extraneous uh, moments of release of, of laughter or or frightening kind of uh, sounds that, that just add to the authenticity of the, the line being delivered. Um, I think it's so Yeah, key. absolutely. Mm. I think it's very freeing to do that for me. You can still change how you do it in the moment, but mm. sometimes you'll find a line where a character says something as simple as yes, and it, it doesn't make much sense if it's just yes, but it makes a lot of sense if it's yes. And for me, I if I've just marked that... I kind of know that it's going to make more sense that way. Yes, true. I, I say I have a long lines of of vowels across my pages. <laughs> vowels, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing, isn't it? And any intention, anything changes. Any moment where the character perhaps is turning on a pivot or uh, something that, you know, is a change of, of tone of voice as well is, is good to just play with and mark. So I circle things for emphasis or underline them for emphasis. If it's a, a larger pause, I put two vertical or slightly no diagonal slashes um just to to make sure that I've got that 
beat in there. And I write the word beat as well sometimes if I think that that is more personifying of, of the, the moment I need to leave between between sessions. And also the noises. Absolutely. It's quite fun to just write down what uh, sound and noises <laughs> that your character might be making. So, the, yeah, there's sort of the sighs and the fumes and the scoff noises. It's quite interesting to try and find the vowels and consonants to, to write what they are. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but that's grand. So you, you're there with your beautifully coloured in uh, <laughs> script. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, what what uh, other things do you think is a key thing to just be, be prepped for, for recording then? So you've done the table read, you're ready for actual doing it. And I suppose there's differences perhaps to doing it by yourself and self-directing to being in a, a group situation online over remote recording. Well, I suppose... At the start of all this, I was almost always going into studios and occasionally doing remote recording. Mm-hmm. And this year, that's been completely flipped. Yes. So I've had a, a kind of interesting learning experience with both. Mm-hmm. On studio days, I think increasingly, I used to be an extremely paper person uh-huh. um, because I love writing notes. Um, yes. But now I have my iPad. So I use an app on that called iAnnotate, mm-hmm. which is great. You can highlight your lines, you can write notes, so it, it's as good as paper. Mm-hmm. And it avoids page turns, yeah. um, so it's very useful in the studio. Uh, you get your tablet and you're all good to go. Other than that, uh, I, I often, especially if it's a very big day of something like an audiobook, I try and drink a, a lot of water before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think this is very important. Yeah. It's incredibly um dehydrating to be speaking for hours Mm. um i also don't drink coffee on those mornings which is tragic because i absolutely love (laughs) coffee sacrifices Um, sacrifices Mm. absolutely it's not particularly grand for your voice again this varies person to person but for me i know that it's a bit dehydrating and also especially if i'm doing something like an audiobook i misspeak more if i've had coffee again i think i'm quite caffeine sensitive but right um Eating things, um, making sure you've had a good breakfast mm. and brought loads of snacks with you because, again, this is a, a me thing, but I think other people get it a fair bit. I get stomach rumbles. Yeah, mine's doing it now. Which doesn't go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to repress it, but no, it's not 11 o'clock and my, my tummy's gone, yep, come on. Have you had breakfast, Sarah? I, I had a little something, yes, and, and a coffee, which is, you know, my bad. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think it, it really, it varies mm. person to person hugely, and I, I, I do tend to drink coffee when I'm doing wooden overcoats, but less so with something like an audio book. Mm-hmm. But yes, eating things, I... Um, I've got a pretty fast metabolism and I really struggle to not get stomach rumbles around 11, almost no matter what I eat. So having a supply of things like bananas, green apples, Mm. cereal bars... I've still not found the perfect cereal bar. If anyone, oh. if anyone has, Top let me know. Please for Beth. I'm exploring all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, but keeping your energy up through the day mm. is a really good idea. And then recording at home remotely, mm-hmm. I think we have probably all had so many different experiences of recording this year. I know that Sarah, you've always done an enormous amount of remote work. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Has it been? 
Has it been easy or have there been some surprises for you too? Oh, that's a lovely question. And I think uh, I, I, I absolutely enjoy myself in my here in my booth of happiness. And <laughs> I, I think it's just because I've done the prep, I'm excited to get in here and and work and do and, and hopefully you know produce something that someone likes and that enjoys and that's the whole point of it you know isn't it that that Mediva here is hopefully useful for people to take away and, and take what they want from it and hopefully be uh, improved in some way or get, do best practice from and uh, I think that the only surprising thing is just yeah it is that freelancer thing to be honest of of when I need to stop when I need to to do some self-care when I need to make sure I'm looking after myself and you know my kids come home and are thumping up the stairs and that kind of thing then I, I must stop recording and I have to because they're, they're just too noisy so yeah there is elements like that in in real life that you know sometimes I found myself recording at silly o'clock in the morning uh, which isn't <laughs> particularly conducive so your voice you know naturally sounds different especially if you've done a full day of whatever um, mm-hmm. at that time as well so perhaps sometimes I found for example that my recordings are perhaps too quiet actually mm-hmm. <laughs> when I've sent them that they've been that that time of night so it's just things like that that I've become more aware of uh, mm-hmm. as, as time's gone by and how about you with regards to anything crazy I mean is, is anything uh, truly mad happened on on a remote recording with anything or or, or in the studio or something um i think i've been pretty lucky but i i've done quite a lot of remote recordings this year with big casts some of whom have been using remote recording for the first time okay. so there are, there are always things that can go wrong yeah. um sometimes the person who you're doing the session with their computer can drop out sometimes your computer can drop out um i think with remote recordings uh, if if you aren't just doing them by yourself, if you're doing them with people, mm. it's great to find out what people are using beforehand if you possibly can and maybe even have a practice with it. So we're using Clean Feed today, but I have used quite a lot of different platforms and it's it's not the most exciting bit, but just making sure that it works on your system Having a little go of it can save a lot of time. I agree. If you can, maybe get a pal who can just ping who's a fellow voice actor or or someone who has used it and say, can someone just jump on here so I can check my headphones are connecting or my mic is connecting so that I'm ready. I think that's a great top tip rather than being the one faffing about <laughs> um, when, when you connect. Yeah, I think that's a great, great piece of advice. I think there's always things you can't anticipate. Sometimes mm. technology, the internet lets us down. Sometimes your neighbours have decided that oh. they're going to drill or things that you just can't anticipate yeah and i think in lockdown everyone's everyone's adapted to that to some extent mm-hmm. um but if you can if you can do a trial run that does help yeah i think that's great um, advice really um i mean if we be granted just think like going into the studio for the first time for example recording antigone um <laughs> i mean how yes. how how had you found that voice? I think if we could start with that and then to the moment of, of, of working on that with the folks in the studio and how, how it was recorded, I think it would be really interesting. Sure. Um, I'd worked with David once before but didn't know him very well and worked with Tom and Felix once before. Mm. Um, and there there was this sort of idea that the part had been written for me, which was fantastic. Mm. Um, and after the read-throughs, we went towards making it and I, I did get the part, hooray, <laughs> Uh, which was incredibly exciting, Goodness. and um, <laughs> they they said sort of do it as do it just do it as you. Um, and Tom and Felix sort of the same. The parts I think were written tailored for the actors, which never happened. Yeah. So it was so exciting. Precious, yeah. um, but I 
I don't know, I just, I find it quite inhibiting if the character is just me. There are a lot yes. of things about Antigone that are um, very me, and that's, that's absolutely wonderful. But I just knew that if she sounded exactly like me, I would feel more nervous, more uptight. That's so interesting, and, yes. Yes, because it, it's difficult to, to play, perhaps, if you're doing it as you. You need to put that veil of a character of someone rather than just you. I suppose we're always at the core of the characters we do, aren't we? Yes. Right? But, but yeah, I must say I only started using my own voice in something about three and a half years into working. And someone <laughs> said, hey, Sarah, no, I want that voice. This one. <laughs> Why do you want yeah. this for? <laughs> so, yeah, I can I can totally read that. So it's like leaning into just playing with um, the kind of longer, more playful resonances of Antigone, I, I feel. She's a wonderful voice. You know, it's, the comedy you bring to her is just sublime uh, thank so, you yeah and I've seen you, you folks live as well as you know listening to you and I think um yeah I mean that must be nerve-wracking too doing that in front of an audience rather than in a studio is there a different preparation for that kind of style with an audience there to some extent and as Antigone is more sibilant and more breathy than me I kind of mm. something about her energy and the idea that she has spent so much time in the mortuary and not needed to sort of contend with the outside world too much yes. suggested that she might sound like that mm -hmm. um i suppose one of the things about doing a voice that is so much on breath is that it doesn't work so well projected right it wouldn't work terribly well in a stage play mm -hmm. um i remember we once did a wooden overcoats read through outside and i sort of thought this this isn't going to work you just won't be able to hear um my very on-breath voice. Mm. Um, so for live, obviously we're mic'd. Um, there is an element of projection that's a little bit different. Mm. Um, I've absolutely loved doing the live shows, which we've been lucky enough to do from the very beginning. Yes. And we used to do them very much to sort of desperately raise funds. Yes, and, yes. And now it's just become part of the sort of joy of it. Oh, and that's um, so good. I mean, you've, all of you, just the chemistry you've got and just the fun of it is just, you know, you can't, I'll say you can't buy it. You can, you can get a ticket, but you can. <laughs> it's, it's, you can, and hopefully you will you be able to again. Sure. <laughs> and I hope to, you know, I hope you will do, do I know this newest season is, is kind of at some point uh, going to, to, to rear and, and impress. But um, I'm sure we will. Yeah, sure so, we will. so yeah, wait. I think if, if you get a chance to go and see everyone live, oh, do it. It's the best feeling ever. And also, you'll be surrounded by other people who absolutely adore the show too. And it's great to, to speak to them and, and make some new buddies in the audience fiction listening world too <laughs> but yeah. yeah i've absolutely loved doing them live it's fun bringing a visual element to something that hasn't yeah. had that before so we've played over the years with how he's dressed and mm. whether there are sort of visual gags we can put in oh the sunglasses um, that was glorious the sunglasses <laughs> i came up with that actually i was delighted i remember i just went to camden and got these sunglasses yes because you had your directing hat on for a lot of those too didn't you and that, that must have been fascinating working with the others and just honing the performance of of that too <laughs> well, i sort of coordinate the live shows which is is mainly um admin and so on mm -hmm. um it's fantastic to do because i i love to get them made but um lately we have we've brought in directors to direct them mm -hmm. i think because i'm in it myself it's 
hugely advantageous to have someone else's eyes on it. We've had people like Ben Partridge and Gemma Arrowsmith a couple of times. It's absolutely brilliant Mm -hmm. and has so much experience of comedy, live comedy, audio comedy. Mm -hmm. She's just great. Andy and John, obviously, are fantastic as well. They're they're always doing the audio side of it. Mm -hmm. So it's just nice to have a pair of eyes on it, on on the visual side of it, on how it gets across to the audience. No, that's and it, it gives us a way of sort of looking at the scripts anew because some of them we've been performing for years now, which which I love, but you want to make sure it stays fresh for sure. Like you're saying it for the first time, is the say, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. And to say, Gemma Arrowsmith, you must listen to her Radio Four show if you're a fan of com- comedy in any way, shape, or form. It's superb. Go and hunt it down. And obviously, Ben Partridge. Yeah, Gemma Arrowsmith's Emergency Broadcast. Yes, is thank fantastic. you for the yes, the title and and the the, the Beef and Dairy Network of Mr Partridge it's just uh, absolutely chef's kiss isn't it in, in comedy you've been on that too haven't you I think I have yeah I'm in one episode <laughs> doing a monologue about a cow's eye that was brilliant I absolutely love doing that the show is the show is wonderful yeah. um, and it was a real treat to be on it brilliant and that's the thing isn't it that the, the, these um, shows you're in hopefully lead to, to more and more exciting opportunities um, and I mean I guess the only other thing to just, just round off is with your your after care of of your work so so say you've done mm. your remote recording on your own for example um editing that and getting that to producers um what mm. kind of processes do you do and how do you organize yourself to to get all that done um if if i can i try and do anything i need to do as soon as possible maybe sort of stay stay push and just get it done mm. i've always been quite bad at going back to my work yeah. after a gap yeah. i sort of hate seeing things that you could change so I think in a way yes. it can be great the perfectionist to sort of get on in it. there that is yeah exactly <laughs> but also while it's fresh in your mind yeah. um yeah because sometimes if you come back to something after a while it can be very confusing <laughs> what you what you which takes you liked and things like that True. um I I suppose I've been quite lucky that I haven't done that much work where I've needed to do a huge amount of editing mm-hmm. mainly just sort of chopping to the correct takes yes um and transferring them so i don't have tip-top editing skills at the moment sure, sure. i mean with well to that how many takes do you tend to do and then chop down to is it because i don't know how many are you more often than not asked to do is it sort of three of the same line in a row or do you do the whole script through once and then another what's your sort of go-to method of working if you're doing remote that's a good question so if it's remote as in you've got somebody at the other end or even the whole cast at the other end I find people tend to do two or three takes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty unusual to get more. Yeah. I think that's the case on overcoats and most things I've worked on. And at the BBC, it's often one or two timers of the essence, so you, you're going quite quickly. When I'm doing it on my own, I think probably three takes is a good bet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends if, if you are... If it's a final, if the, it's a final product, and you kind of know what you're doing voice-wise, if you're doing an audition and you're playing with things, you might do a few more. But I think it's it's quite good to limit yourself. Yeah. And if you've done quite a lot of prep, I think I I used to sometimes use the takes to experiment and do my homework, mm. try loads of different things. But I think if you've made decisions before, you probably only need a few takes. Yeah. 
um, provided everything goes well, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, tech is behaving itself and, and the world outside isn't being too noisy. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's really, really grand. And and, and I think, yeah, I've, I've done the same mostly. It, mostly, I think at the moment, it's folks are asking for, for two takes and one wild so I can have a bit mm. more fun with that third one, uh, which <laughs> I obviously lean into being a caricature actor that I am. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, most of the time, I mean, I will sometimes do four or five takes and choose the top three. And then mm. obviously you want to put your best one first, especially if it's for your audition, make sure you're best take. And no matter where it happens when you record it, make sure that you're putting the best stuff. So in case, yeah, in case the producer's listening to 500 auditions and they listen to the first te- 10 seconds of yours and it's one when you're just not quite warmed up properly or in it, yet um and uh, yeah perhaps shouldn't be the first thing they hear so so really think about what the first thing that producer hears is going to be too i think is a key thing to to take into account um brilliant well thank you beth i mean is there any parting shots you would like to leave for any budding voice actor right now who wants to be as amazing as you on the scene <laughs> what what uh, what's your your favorite things to impart right now that that will inspire them to just get going and do it <laughs> um I think <laughs> no pressure. I don't know. It's the best um, advice you've ever given. <laughs> the best advice ever. Um, I think it's a great time to be a voice actor. Um, there's so much going on out there in the world of audio podcast fiction. Um, so much that you can check out. That whatever your passions and interests are, there's a project that you can listen to that will inspire you. Mm. And if there happens to not be, you should make it. Um, I think there there is a world of people who are keen to share their experiences mm. and lots of online resources. Even talking to Sarah, I've learnt a whole load of things that I didn't know um, Same. That, that are on offer, um, which is incredibly exciting. Mm. So look after yourself. Find the things that you love to do yeah. is basically where I'm coming from, I guess. And also, this has been... A very, very difficult year. Um, So really be kind to yourself. Mm. I think as an actor, I have sometimes struggled to know the limits of what I can do. And we all want to do as much as we can because everything's so exciting. But looking after yourself is also very important. Mm. Uh, So be kind, practice self-care, remember the things that you enjoy that are chilled things as well as work things. Yes, I think that's beautiful advice and, and, and top top notch advice, frankly. And, and I love the me- message as well of if that thing isn't there that you can, can be involved in an embroil and make it yourself. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's fantastic. I'm, I'm having a lovely time. So <laughs> I have this theory that Sarah has a time machine because of the amount of things she gets done. It's just incredible. People have questioned it. I think it's just... Um, uh, I don't know, a mixture of, of good chocolate and a nice cuddle at the end of the day helps. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that is superb. Well, thank you for your amazing advice. Where where on earth can people hear you? Like, what's your most recent and amazing projects you'd love people to jump in on and, and share and sing praises for? Um, so I guess the most recent thing I've done is the New Year special for Unseen. Um, it's written by Sarah Shackett and it also stars... Felix Trench um, 
Uh, the whole series is fantastic. It's beautifully written. There's a whole load of fantastic voice actors. Um, so it'd be great if you could check that out. And then um, I've got a couple of projects coming up. Uh, Life with Leo by Octavia Bray, which isn't out yet, but will be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And a Patreon project for Rusty Quill called Inexplicables. Yeah. Yes, I saw a recent announcement for that. That's glorious. So there's so much fun to be had, isn't there, in this world of voice acting? And I think uh, you, as I say, you are a beacon of inspiration. And uh, I, I also hope that you can get back into the theatre at some point this year too, because I know with Snatchback, your your productions you were doing and all the things you were doing at the vaults and so on were astoundingly good. So so here's to, to things getting uh, back, so folks can can have the theatrical fun too. But in the meantime, yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Jump into to audio fiction and, and just have the best fun you can. I think that's the thing. I think my I feel solace in my world because this makes me happy. Bringing characters to life and obviously talking to amazing folks like you, Beth, is just uh, you know my soul food. And I I hope uh, you know that it's uh, helping other people too to to up their game in some respects. So so thank you so much for spending time with us today and happy creating, happy making, happy voicing. Keep at, keep at it. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been really fun. Crazy. Have fun. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hooray. <laughs> Thank you, you absolute legend. Uh, <laughs> I think it's some amazingly beautiful advice in there. And I think the key ones about self-care as well. So key. Because, you know, you can get caught up in everything, can't you? And, uh, and things start to get neglected. So, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah.